Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast and iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. talking church you know that right we'll try it again how are we good there we are come on I like a chatty church a talking church you're allowed to talk back at me during the message later you know you can heckle if you like just remember my microphone is uh louder than yours so um but hey it has been so fun uh leading church over the past three months and uh, I think the reason why it hasn't felt like um, you know, the master play, because I always play up. So it's just like, it's just just the same. I just, just, I just do me. And um, I have loved being able to, uh, you know, lead this church over the last three months. And we have done really well as a church that uh, it's been crazy. You know, we've had masks on, masks off, stand up, sit down, um, come to church, don't come to church, um, you know, shake hands, don't shake hands, fist bump, uh, chicken wing, you know, you know, so many different things that we've had to, you know, new dances that we've taught you throughout the uh, throughout the COVID season. I'm sure there'll be more that comes. And um, but I love how you know how gracious you guys are and, and how flexible we are as a church. But one thing I do know is that I'm as passionate as ever uh, for what God has for this church moving forward. I'm as passionate as ever to see lives change. I'm as passionate as ever for Bay Life Church to continue to be the light in this community that it's called to be. Amen. You with me? Yeah, so um, I am very excited about that. Today is actually my wedding anniversary. Yes, I know. 12 years. Uh, me and my amazingly beautiful, gorgeous wife um, up the back there. You can give her a round of applause. She needs one. Uh, she's been married to me for 12 years. And uh, we've actually been together longer than we've been apart. I, uh, I, I asked her out on my 16th, no, sorry, on her 16th birthday. And uh, she said yes, uh, which was great. And um, I remember I asked her, her out when her parents were overseas. Um, in America. Um, that's, uh, that's when I got the courage to do that. And uh, we've been together ever since. And uh, we have three amazing kids. And uh, yeah, I think we're doing all right. You're pretty amazing, babe. Love you. Mwah. Um, hey, if you are watching online, welcome uh, to Bay Life Church. So great that you can be tuning in with us this morning. Um, if you didn't know, you can um, go live 8.30, 10.30. We would rather you in the room. We love you in the room. We love you being part of this. But hey, if you're unwell or you know can't make it, you can um, jump online and watch with us at 8.30 and 10.30. That's no excuse to be lazy and stay in your pajamas, but okay? Yes? Yes? Okay. Good. Um, Okay, the 10th of October, 1995. This is the transcript of a radio conversation of a U.S. naval uh, ship with Canadian authorities off the coast of Newfoundland. The Americans say, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. The Canadians respond and they say, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. The Americans respond and they say, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. 
The Canadians say, no. I say again, you divert your course. The Americans respond and they say, this is the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic fleet. We, we are accompany, accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north. That's one five degrees north. All countermeasures will be taken to ensure the safety of this ship. The Canadians respond and they say, this is a lighthouse, your call. <laughs> you know, right now we are living in a crazy world. And um, I think that, you know, people are being pulled and swayed by every different direction. You know, we're being pulled and swayed by the media. We're being pulled and swayed by newspaper headlines, social media, popular opinion, political protests. You name it, we're getting pulled and swayed in all different directions. But I believe that right now, and I know that right now as Christians, we need to be lighthouses in the world. We need to be lighthouses in our community. We need to be lighthouses to the people in our lives. You know, and all a lighthouse does is that it shines and it shows people the direction where they need to go. You know, today my message is called Without a Lighthouse. And, you know, without a lighthouse, people run into things they didn't intend to run into. Without a lighthouse, um, people end up in places they didn't want to end up. Without a lighthouse, people don't know how to find their way home. And without a lighthouse, there's shipwrecks everywhere. Let me pray. God, I just thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for this service, God. I just pray this word this morning, God, that it speaks to your church, God. It speaks to us, God. I pray that it uh, encourages us, God, to be your light in this world, to speak truth, Lord God, and to be your lighthouses in a dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, light is mentioned over 270 times in the Bible. From Genesis 1, Verse 3, where it says, let there be, try that again, let there be, there we are, let there be light. <laughs> you know, that's God speaking, saying, let there be light. All the way through to Revelations 22, which is the last book in the Bible, where, where Jesus is talking and, and he calls himself the bright and morning star. That light in the Bible is talked all throughout, and Jesus calls himself the light of the world. He says, I have come to bring light and life, that he is light, that he is the light of this world. And I want to encourage us this morning that Jesus is actually calling you and me to reflect and to shine and to be his light in this world. 
Matthew 5, 14 to 16, if you've been in church for any length of time, you would have heard this verse. But if you haven't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out. And, and it says this. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So before we get into the lighthouse this morning, I think we need to consider three things um, about light and what, and what the Bible is, is talking to us of how we can actually be the light of the world. And the first thing... That, that, that the Bible is asking us to do, or that, that it's talking about. It's saying there is a call to come to the light. Jesus was and is the source of light. And in John 3, 19 to 20, it says, And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. For the actions were evil, and all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You know, the first thing that, that, that the Bible, that Jesus is asking us, is saying, hey, come near to the light. You know, I've heard this said so many times, but there's actually no such thing as darkness. It's just the absence of light. That we could be in the darkest room, and as soon as there's one flicker of light in that room, that room is no longer dark. That room is no longer in darkness, but there's light in the room. You know, as humans, we're actually um, wired in a way that want to be in light. That if there's a dark corner or a light corner, that us, we feel safer, we feel more confident, that if there's light, we would rather be in that space than in a dark space. So the first thing, the first call that, that the Bible is, is, is talking to us about, that Jesus is talking to us about, is that He is the light, and we are drawing near to that light. But it's a choice. The second thing is that, that we are actually called to receive the light. There's one thing to be drawn close to the light, but it's our decision whether we receive that light or not. Amen? That, that we, can, we can be around light our whole lives, but there comes a point where it's our decision whether we receive that light or not. It's not enough to merely be exposed to the light. We have a choice to respond to the light. We can either come to the light and reject it, or we can come to the light and accept it. And in 1 John 1.12, it says, But to all who believe in Him and accept Him, He gave the right to become children of God. That it's a choice for us to receive this light and not 
reject this light and everyone in life has this decision. Everyone in, in life that hears the name of Jesus Christ has to make this decision. I preach this message to youth. Um, one of the altar calls that I do, it's called DTR, define the relationship. And every single person in life has to define who Jesus is to them. Because one day we're going to stand before God and, 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 and we're going to know him or not. But we, we can decide to reject or to receive. So the first thing is that we need to come to the source of the light. The second thing is that we need to receive the light. The third, once we've received the light, then we're called to walk in the light. Amen? That Ephesians 8, 5, uh, oh, sorry, Ephesians 5, 8 to 9, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So we've come near the light. We've seen the light. We've received the light. But once we receive the light, we actually have to live in the light. (laughs) That we can't just live whatever lives we want to live. We can. But that's not what Jesus is asking of us. That as Christians, we're called to live differently. Amen? We're called to live differently, and we're called to to walk in this light that Jesus has shown us to live in. Now, once we were in darkness, but now we are the light in the world. You know, in John 8, 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So first of all, with this light that we've seen it, experienced it, we have to receive it. Then we walk in this light. And now this is where my message in the lighthouse comes in. The fourth thing we're called to do is reflect that light and actually be that light to the world. So we've, seen it, we've received it, we walk in it. But now as Christians, we're called to be the light and to reflect that light. In Philippians 2, 14 to 16, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, that on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. You know, in the same way that the moon merely reflects the light of the sun, Christians are called to reflect the light of the sun, Jesus Christ. That those who follow Jesus, we actually become reflectors of that light. We become reflectors of Jesus. I remember a song back in the day, I think Planet Shakers wrote it. I want to be a reflector. I want to shine your glory. You don't remember that song? I want to let the whole world know that he lives in me. So give me a microphone, I'm going to sing. I want to shine a little fire, shine your light a little brighter. I'll stop. I want to let the whole know it. Just as the sun is the source of light in our universe and the moon reflects the light of the sun, 
Jesus is the source of light in the world, and his followers are to reflect that light. That our lives should um, be lives that are reflecting something different to the world. That as Christians, we're, we're called to live differently to the world. That our lives are meant to reflect and to shine a light different to the world. That Romans 12, 2 in the message version, it's, it's a great version. And, and it says that, you know, don't become so well accustomed to this world that we fit in without even thinking. That we just fit into the world without even knowing it, without even thinking about it. That we live in this world. Yeah, we do. But we're not called to shine the light of what the world's shining. We're actually called to shine the light of Jesus Christ. You can say amen to that. You know, and this is where the lighthouse comes into it. The only thing that a lighthouse is doing is that it is reflecting the light that is already in it. That's all a lighthouse is doing. It's just reflecting the light that is already in the lighthouse. And, you know, this used to be, it used to be um, done through mirrors and, you know, when lighthouses were, were first built, that there was actually a fire in there. They actually had to keep the fire burning within this lighthouse. And um, there were mirrors and there were magnifying, you know, glasses in there that reflected that light so that others, or well, that the ships, can actually see. You know, now that these things are all, all automated and you don't actually have to, you know, be in a lighthouse at all anymore... But all a lighthouse is actually doing is reflecting the light that is already in it. And I want to encourage us today that when we have the light of Jesus inside of us, that we're called to reflect that light so that others can see. So without a lighthouse is what we're talking about today. Without a lighthouse, I said before that, you know, people end up in places where they don't want to be. They run into things they don't want to run into. That there's shipwrecks everywhere. And the first thing that I want to talk about this morning is that without a lighthouse, people don't know where to go. <laughs> and a lighthouse points people the way to go. And I've written a, a few thoughts down here about lighthouses. And um, you know, as Christians, I think that it's important that we are continually pointing people in the truth, pointing people in what we know is the light and what we understand in, in, in the revelation and the understanding through the Word of God of what is truth. But it's funny that a lighthouse doesn't drive the ship. <laughs> that all the lighthouse does is it shines what's already inside of it. So, in our lives, you know, we have so many people in our life that it's our, our job as Christians is to not control other people's lives. Our, my job as a pastor is to not control what you do with your life. That's not my job. My job is to encourage you with the light that Jesus has already placed inside of you to shine that. That I'm not driving your life. That we cannot drive anyone else's life it's my job and your job just to shine the light that is already inside of you. 
And that's the question I think that we need to start asking ourselves. Well, what light is my life actually shining? What, what is the light that my life shines? What is the story that my life paints? You know, what is the thing that people, you know, say about? We can't control what people say about us, but what is the thing that people say about our lives? You know, for our, our youth in the room, you know, what does our social media picture paint? You know, what, what does, you know, our, our, our lives say to the people around us? And are we just fitting in to the world or are we shining a light? You know, and it's so important as Christians that we don't isolate ourselves from the world you know, we don't be Christians that, you know, I think um, Chuck Swindle says this, that Christians are like manure. You pile them all up and they stink up the community. But if you spread them out, they enrich the world. <laughs> and it's important that as Christians, we don't isolate ourselves from the world, but we be in the world, but we be these lighthouses in the world. You know, a lighthouse cannot control the conditions of someone else's, of, of the, the, control the conditions of the ocean. A lighthouse cannot control what's going on in the world. That we cannot control the storms that are happening in other people's lives. We cannot, um, you know, do anything about what happens in someone else's, you know, situations and circumstances when storms come. The lighthouse can't change that. But what a lighthouse can do, it can point out the dangers that are in front of them. And as Christians, I think it's important that we are pointing out the dangers that are in front of people in our lives. Once again, we don't control them or tell them what to do, but I still think it's our responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to be a light in this situation, and if, we, if you keep going this direction, you might end up a place where you don't want to end up. If you keep making these decisions, maybe you're going to hit some rocks that you don't want to hit. You know, maybe there's going to be some shipwrecks in your life if we continue to go down this path. And Jesus did this all the time. The disciples did this all the time. You know, when they're writing, Paul writing all these letters, he's basically just this lighthouse going, hey, watch out for this. Watch out for this. Make sure you keep your eye out for this. Make sure you keep going this direction because this is where we're going. And the only time and the only way that we can actually do this is if we know the Scripture, if we know the Word of God. That the only way that we can actually be pointing out these, you know, being these lighthouses in people's lives and actually saying, hey, just watch out for that. We love, but hey, just maybe that's not the best decision. The only way we can actually know this is if we know the scripture and we actually know the word of God and what it says. That in Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Now, that's what the Word of God is. It, 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 it is a, it, it's, a, it's a lamp to guide my feet of where I'm going. It lights up my path. It illuminates the truth and shows me where to walk. We have to know the way before we can point others in that direction. We have to know what the Word of God says to point people the way that God is calling. That's the only way that we actually know where to go. It's not, it's not necessarily from, you know, um, you know what, 
we can learn off people and, you know, obviously come to church and hear the Word of God and, you know, listen to the, your pastors and in your life groups and your friends. But the only way that we actually know the truth is when we know the Word of God and what the Word of God says. And this is moving me on to my, my second point, that a lighthouse is immovable. <laughs> a lighthouse just doesn't get up and move when the season changes. A lighthouse just doesn't get up and, 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 and change where it is just because there's a storm coming. Just keep shining that light. It says, hey, watch out. This is the way home. This is what to do. And regardless of the storms, the waves, the fog, the darkness, the lighthouse does not move or change position. Instead, it is steadfast. You know, as Christians, it's so important that we're steadfast in our love and our speech and in our actions. The lighthouse does, doesn't choose when or when not to shine. It just does. You know what? And I think right now in this crazy, crazy, crazy world, we need to be lighthouses of the Word of God like never before. That we have to be immovable in what the Word of God actually says. You know, it doesn't matter how much someone chucks a tantrum. The Word of God isn't going to change. <laughs> God isn't going to be like, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'll change that bit in the Bible. You know, as Christians, we have to be sold that the Bible is the Word of God and this is the book that we live by. Are we going to understand everything in it? No. Does it always make sense? No. Are we always going to agree with it? No. But does it make it any less the Word of God? You know, I think I told you guys this a few um, months ago, but I read the whole Bible in a month. From Genesis to Revelations in 33 days. It was about two and a half hours every single day that I, read the, that I read the Bible for. You know, in that time, there was 24 days of law. That's the Old Testament. There was 24 days of the Old Testament. And there's like six days of the New Testament. <laughs> so in 24 days, I'm reading and everyone's dying. <laughs> everyone is dying. Literally everyone <laughs> And, these, and this is happening, and this person, and this is going on, and this is going on. I was saying, oh, this is not fair. This is not fair. And then, you know, I was having this conversation with myself. I was like, you know, why, why is this happening, and why is that happening? I'm like, God, I just don't get it. It's not really fair that, that this is happening in the Bible. And I get to the end of it, and God says, fair according to who? And I went, huh. And he brought me back to Job. And he said, where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I did all these amazing, amazing, amazing things? You know what, church? God is God. And he loves us right where we're at. And we're not going to understand everything. We're not necessarily going to agree with everything. But the word of God is where we have to find our lighthouse. 
that it's not going to move. It's not going to change. And I know the world is so crazy right now, but let me encourage you. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> read, 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 read the story. <laughs> it just gets worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> we have hope. We have hope in eternity. We have hope that Jesus has overcome the world. You know, and right now as the church, I just know that it's so important that we know what the Word of God says so that we can have conversations with people. And we need to love our world, church. We need to love our world so much. You know, I get why non-Christians act the way they act. I get it. It makes so much sense. They have no hope. <laughs> they have no joy. And they're trying to find it just like we were before we found Jesus. And still as Christians, we forget about it sometimes and try to find it in other places. <laughs> but I get why the world acts the way it does. Because you used to as well. But I, I know right now as the church, it's so important as Christians to be light. And I love this verse in Colossians 4, 6. It says, let your speech... Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You know, being a lighthouse in this world, being a lighthouse in people's lives, is being able to be gracious and love. And a lot of people don't like this word, but accept where people are at. We don't have to accept everything they do, but we need to accept people. Remember, Jesus always looked at the person before he looked at the action, every single time. Every single time, he looked at the person first and the action second. People are hurting. People are broken. We're hurting. We're broken. And we need to love and be gracious, but we need to be salty. Because <laughs> you know what salt does? It actually makes... Us want more. The reason why Macca's chips are the greatest chips in the whole world is because they're so salty that you just want more. Or you could say KFC or Hungry Jacks. They're all great. It's the salt. Have you ever eaten some of those chips, KFC chips without salt? Imagine we just throw them out the window. They're just like powdery potato. It's the salt that makes it taste incredible. And this is exactly what we need to be as Christians. We need to be these lighthouses that are gracious and love people, but we're salty to say, hey, tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, what you're talking about here. That, you know, when you're having conversations with people, we can say, hey, I'm not here to, 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 to try to tell you how much of a bad sinner that you are and, you know, how much of a bad person you are. And let's have a, an argument about how much we disagree on things. It's like, no, we can say, hey, I hear what you're saying there. But, you know, the Word of God says this. It's enough. It speaks for itself. <laughs> you don't need to defend God, okay? <laughs> he's, he's pretty big. <laughs> He's not going to change his mind if you lose an argument. 
you know, we can say, oh, I understand that feeling. Yeah, I really, tell me more about that, please. Tell me more about why you feel like that. Tell me more about what's going on in your life. You know, tell me more about how you've gotten to this place of why you think that way. Because you know what? The Word of God says this. Your opinion is never going to change anyone's life. It's the Word of God that's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's the Word of God that is the light to this world. The Word of God is going to be the thing that we can say, hey, we can disagree, but I just want to let you know, this is what I believe, and it's the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Bible says. And people are going to start saying, that's cool. Maybe not agree with you the first time. But we just continue to reflect the light of Jesus into this world. You know, go and study the Word of God. Get to know what it says more. You know, if, if you want to know, if you're having a conversation with people and you want to know what someone says, I know that we're not always going to know what to say. Theologians hate me saying this. Jump on Google. It's incredible. They've done the work for you. <laughs> they have. Jump online and say, what does the Bible say about this? I encourage you to try to read Scripture in context. Don't just grab a verse and say, oh, the Bible says this. It's like, what well, is it actually saying this? You know, the Bible has so much context around it, and it's important that we read Scripture and, and stories in a whole because we actually get contextual context of what they were saying in the day of, you know, why, you know I teach this at Bible college all the time, and it says, you know, what does it say to them? What does it say to us? And then what does it say to me? You know, what is this story saying to them 2,000 years ago? Actually, what is it saying to the church today, and how can I apply that to my life? You know, let's make sure that we just don't grab a verse and say, you know, women should wear hats in church. You know, that's silly. You know, that, that, that was a Levitical law back in the day, that if we just grab a, grab a verse out of this, we're just going to, it will be all messed up. You have to read Scripture as a, as, as a, as a contextual thing. And that brings me through my, my last point, just as the band comes. A lighthouse is consistent, and that's why it's trustworthy. A lighthouse is so consistent, it just does the same thing day in and day out. It shines the light, shines the light, shines the light, shines the light. And the reason why it's so trustworthy is because it just keeps doing the same thing. You know, I believe that as Christians, that's all we're called to be. It's, it's, what we, it's what we're actually just can be consistent in our lives. Be consistent in our love. Be consistent in our actions. And 1 John 3.18, I love this. It says, little children. <laughs> it says, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Don't just let our words say one thing. And our actions say another. Let's not say, I love you with my lips and ignore them with your life. You know, let's make sure that we're people of consistency because even when they don't agree with you, if you're consistent, they respect that. People respect that. If you're consistent in your actions, you're consistent in the truth. If you're consistent in being that light, you know what? People, as I said, we can't drive the ship for them. 
We just need to, I preached the message a few weeks ago about, you know, we need to be a shelter in someone's storm, that we need to be a river in someone's desert, that we need to be a shade in, in, in someone's desert. But we also need to be a light in people's darkness. We need to be a light in this dark, crazy world right now. And I believe the only way that we can do it, we've got to know the Word of God. We need to be consistent in how we speak, in how we act, in how we love. And we just got to meet people where they're at and love them to the cross. That's all we got to do. Remember, we don't save anyone. It's Jesus that does that. We've seen the light. We've received the light. That we've chosen to walk in the light. Now we've just got to reflect it. We just got to be these lighthouses and be be consistent in this crazy, crazy, crazy world. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I just want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're in conversation with with someone and you feel like you need to win an argument. Can you not? (laughs) Don't try to argue someone into the kingdom of God. Why not just show them the way to Jesus? This is what the Holy Spirit does, right? The Holy Spirit is an advocate. Just keep pointing people to Jesus. Just keep pointing people to Jesus. Just keep pointing people to Jesus. Let's 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 stop trying as the church. I feel I don't want to be known for everything that we're against. <laughs> I just want to be known for what we're for, which is loving our world. That we might disagree, that's okay. We can still be friends. I'm gonna be consistent. I'm just gonna keep shining the light, keep shining the light, keep shining the light, keep shining the light, because In storms, people want to come to the light. When people are in storms, they want to find people that are consistent in their love for them. They're consistent in what they believe and what they know is true. And I feel like Jesus, you know, did this so well. You know, the world was saying, you know, Pharisees, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got, you've got to change, you've got to change, you've got to change, you've got to change, you've got to change. And he's like, hey, I'm a lighthouse, your choice. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you this morning that we cannot reflect this light unless we know the light first. We cannot reflect the light of Jesus until we actually know. Because remember, we're only reflecting what's inside of us. As I said at the start of this message, that it's everyone comes to a point in life where we have to make this decision that we're going to ask Jesus into our life or not. And if you're watching online this morning or if you're in the room, I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray a prayer in a second. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer and invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before and you've decided maybe not to walk in the light, that I've seen it and I've received it, but maybe you're not walking in it, which is really hard to, to, to reflect it. You know, why don't you pray this prayer this morning as well and say, hey, so I'm going to make a decision to recommit my, my walk 
to Jesus. I'm going to recommit my life to walk in the truth that He has for me. Or maybe you've never prayed that prayer before and you want to ask Jesus into your life. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer this morning. Can you pray with me? I know you all pray like this. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you are the light of the world. I thank you that you died on a cross for my sin and rose again after three days so that I could know your life. Today, I invite you in to be the light of my life. I choose to walk in your life. From this day on, I want to reflect it. I want to be a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.